Hi, everyone. It's Camden, and I wanted to share a quick introduction before this week's very special episode. You may have noticed that we released an episode last week, and you might be wondering why there's a new episode just one week later, rather than the normal every two weeks. That's because this week's episode has more, mm, let's say, adult-oriented themes. Now, since episode one of Don't Pee on Your Leg and Other Scientific Misconceptions, we have always strived to make the show fun, informative, and engaging for all audiences. So with that, we are not going to be crass, inappropriate, or do anything that feels out of the ordinary from what you've come to expect from our show. But I do want to let parents know that the misconceptions that we will be covering today may not be the ones that you want to listen to alongside of your children. If you are ready to have some conversations about more adult-related topics with your kids, feel free to keep listening. If that's not the kind of conversation you were hoping to have this week with them, I recommend you maybe turn off the episode now and tune in next week where we will resume our normal two-week cadence and you can enjoy episode 41 then with our normal family-friendly misconceptions. So with that, either stop the podcast or welcome to the very first after-hours episode of Don't Pee on Your Leg and Other Scientific Misconceptions. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to a very special inaugural after hours episode of Don't Pee on Your Leg and Other Scientific Misconceptions, where we talk about scientific misconceptions we all have and we hope that you learn something new about the world. I'm here with my co host, Camden Spuds Hanslick Burton. And I'm here with my co host, Margaret Giant House Spider Hanslick Burton. <laughs> and joining us as our guest this episode is Brooke Little Peanut Askey. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the show. show. <laughs> Welcome back, Brooke. Thanks. We are yet again outside, um, and so you might hear car is going by, you might hear sirens, but this is the quarantine, um, socially distant life that we live. So yeah. thanks for yeah. joining us on the porch again. I'm excited. Thanks for having me. Um, Kim, and can you remind us why this episode is a little bit different? Yeah. Welcome to After Hours Episode 1. Um, I think it became pretty clear after a couple of episodes and misconceptions that there are just a lot of misconceptions out in the world that are of a m more adult nature. Right. Uh, that there, are, in fact, were so many, we created a very long list that is not as long as the other one, but still pretty long, that from time to time we will release uh, After Hours episodes where we talk of about those misconceptions, which you're going to hear about soon, which... and. You already heard in the disclaimer, if somehow you are that person who skips ahead, if you don't want to listen to this with a child because it's going to have more adult themes, maybe turn off the podcast right now. Choose a different episode. Yeah. Any all, episode All of do. them, but this yeah. one. Or just tune in next Friday for our newest one. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we're going to head straight into those misconceptions. Um, we're going to get down and dirty in this after hours <laughs> episode. <laughs> I don't know. Ooh. I felt like, I like someone had a really, yeah. really put put a finger on it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's three of us. We need to figure out how to choose which one goes first. I'm gonna do that random number generator. Is that all right with everybody? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Um, Brooke, you are going to be one. Camden is two, and I am three. Classic. Of course. It's three. Oh. It's always Camden that goes first. Oh, my God. Wait, didn't you say it was yeah. two? I thought Did I was I say two. You're two. You're three. I'm three. You're three. Did I say that? No. Yeah. Oh. Right. I was two. I don't know who was. Three. Oh, I was three. You're then. three. Okay, great. I get to go first. <laughs> wow. I'm really starting to worry about. <laughs> Myth going busted. On. Look, it's been a long. Myth long busted. Day. You're going first this I'm time. I'm going first. Oh gosh, I'm so excited. Um, so my sources for this are Snopes, Wikipedia, Columbia University's column called "Go Ask Alice." Mm-hmm. Um, which is a column written by a team of Columbia University health professionals. So there's a lot of ways to get drunk. I think we can agree. There's a lot of main ones. One is by drinking alcohol with your mouth. I'm really just thinking of the one. Yeah, there's, I yeah. guess there's, I guess I there's like just a lot a of ways. Generally what I'm Maybe you have is more some like pro tips, but. The, the types of alcohol someone might have. Sure. But generally. <laughs> There's I guess that's one a good point. way that it ultimately gets into them. <laughs> that's a good point. Okay, so most of us drink alcohol with our mouths, but what if we drank alcohol with our vaginas or anuses? You ever thought about that? Uh, not in depth. Not in a while. <laughs> <laughs> so my misconception today is that alcohol-soaked tampons can keep you from vomiting, stop your breath from smelling like booze. Reduce your calorie intake and we'll get you drunk faster with no strings attached. Great. Wow. So uh, let's jump in. Let's jump in. You probably, you've probably heard like vodka soaked tampons, right? Like that's, I feel like that's what I hear most often. Yeah. Like sorority trends and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 You don't hear about like rum chata soaked tampons. That sounds like a yeast infection yeah, waiting to happen. I don't know why vodka didn't, but that one sounds... <laughs> yeah, that one sounds worse somehow. There's a lot of like there's more soaked. sugar in that yeah. Oh, fireball. Ooh. Oh, no. All of this sounds painful suddenly. Okay. You're correct. We'll okay. get there. Okay. Um, so... I don't the, know if the misconception was it wouldn't be painful. Well, I think maybe folks don't think about that that much. Uh. Um, so the rumor perhaps started because of the Scottish rock band Mogwai. And if you're wondering, you yes, mean, they got their name from Gremlins. Oh, yes, they love did. That movie. Love it. Um, and That's which a classic? Very adult themed movie. I learned <laughs> yes. that Mogwai in Cantonese Not means fine. devil or evil spirit. Oh, that makes sense. Which is neither here nor there, but I thought it was interesting. Oh, I like it. So the rumor was band members of Mogwai were said to insert vodka-soaked tampons into their rectums because they didn't have that much alcohol and they wanted to like really efficiently use what they had. Gotcha. But the band says they never did this. Oh, well, oh, that's but, rude. Wait, they're like fans they're, created I this I guess myth so. Their fans Dang. created this myth that they were like that's hard up for alcohol. That's a rude myth. <laughs> put, yeah. put vodka. Like you're so stingy on your alcohol <laughs> that you gotta put it up your yeah. butt? That's not that nice. Was, that was the rumor. Um, Can you imagine they were like on the message boards? Like, wait, are you serious? <laughs> no, we didn't. Like, we just do shots, you guys. Yeah, we do shots and Scrabble. Everyone shots the Beatles, and Scrabble Saturday. Everyone about the Beatles doing mushrooms and stuff and like, you gave us this? <laughs> Couldn't even make it cool. Yeah. Um, so that's the rumor. But here's the thing about vodka-soaked tampons. Here's the thing about it. Yeah. There is no evidence that it has ever happened. That, yeah, that was like 
I was oh. thinking of the Halloween candy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's a misconception. It, it is. Like the razor blades? The raz- that, that is a misconception. Right. That never actually happened never happened either. Unless, yeah. this is dark, but the only times that has happened is when it's been a family member. Of its own. Of yeah. their own. And it wasn't yeah. even razor blades. It was, no, it was drugs, but... Arsenic in a... Yeah, in a in one of those sugar sugar things. What's that called? For everyone listening, <laughs> I am sitting with two of this Fair City's <laughs> true crime podcast uh, experts. So. What's that candy called? Uh, sugar sugar sticks. sticks. Pixie sticks. Pixie, Pixie sticks. sticks. Thank you. Oh, okay. Yeah, but not candy experts. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, again, neither here nor there. But it never really happened. Um. According to Snopes, recorded instances of this happening are rare to non-existent, and Columbia University says there are no documented cases of this happening. Does that mean it's never happened in the privacy of someone's home? Sure, that could have happened. We're not here to judge. Or a public restroom. Or, sure. (laughs) Or a concert. Sure. What? Where are they from? Where's this band Scotland. Scotland. Scotland concert. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. Um, Again, they, they deny that happened. But this... The fact that there are no documented cases of this happening does not mean that people don't still spread rumors. Like, I found an ABC News story called Five Shocking Ways Your Kids Try to Get Drunk. Whoa. <laughs> Which is a classic thing of, like, it's... I feel like they're always like, it's called spliffing. And it's <laughs> the newest thing that your teen well, is secretly doing. Is yeah, that marijuana. was bad. That was a bad one. Okay. It's called crimping. And... <laughs> Like the hair crimp, like yeah. hair yeah. crimping, and but your like with doing it in the bathroom. The oh, t- do you know where your kid is on a Tuesday night? Exactly. Oh. Five shocking ways your kids try to get drunk. Anyway. Oh man. Um, but let's talk about. Okay, so it doesn't happen. But let's talk about why these things, like these claims, are. Let's just address them. Let's just address them. So, here's why it would physically be difficult. Um, when you think about inserting a tampon. I know we all think about it a lot. When you do it, do you put that, do you insert that tampon when it's already absorbing things? When it's already absorbed stuff? Is this stuff? to the collective audience Yes, here? this is specifically to Camden. Got Camden. It. Camden, what do you, is it, but when it's already absorbed lots of liquid? From or? what I understand mm-hmm. of people who use tampons, mm-hmm. it is not soaked in anything before Correct. it is inserted. Correct. That's the usual that's, that's like the, the instruction and I imagine that's that are listed on, in the tampon that's on oh. the Kotex box right yes. correct like oh not sponsored not sponsored not sponsored. oh <laughs> oh no I'll re-edit it <laughs> bleep that so, out so yeah so you don't the the hydro aerodynamic quality <laughs> welcome to don't pee on your leg and semi-scientific <laughs> of a tampon is ruined when yeah. it absorbs anything yeah so it's gonna we, get the point is it's, it's gonna get real gonna fat expand. and squishy that's yeah. what it does yeah. yeah that's the job that it does yes so if you tried to insert a tampon that had already absorbed liquid it would be very very difficult yeah so just physically very hard or it just uh, honestly it probably just wouldn't stay in I don't think like so. it, it would be so uncomfortable yeah that doesn't sound pleasant at all no um Will it keep your breath from smelling like alcohol? No, it won't. Oh. Wait, what? Because your mouth is connected to your vagina. (laughs) (laughs) Brooke, did you ever run for Senate in Missouri? (laughs) Maybe. You could. Because you sound familiar. (laughs) Do you Um, think I have a chance? (laughs) I think think you have a great chance, chance, considering 
Sorry, senators from Missouri. Uh, <laughs> that's been our segment. <laughs> Politics corner. Um, so alcohol that gets absorbed in your bloodstream, however it gets absorbed, will be expressed by your lungs. So you're wow. still breathing it out. That's why we have... You can still smell it. Yeah, you can still smell it, and it will mouth. still be reflected in your blood alcohol content right, level right, right. if you, like, you know, blow for a. Oh, right. Oh, wild. Yeah. yeah. Because it's not really ultimately, like... if that feeling of being drunk means it has gotten into your blood. Yes. yes. So it's in your blood, and it, yep. it gets expelled through your lungs and through your breath. Wow. It's not like only people... People only blow, like, above the limit when they've just like been swishing with rum or something. It, it's coming That's out of your breath because it's in your bloodstream. Oh, there's a whole bunch of misconceptions there for a different day. What? Oh, the, the like, what will beat the breathalyzer. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The point is, do not drink and drive. Very important. Yeah. Um, will it reduce the number of calories, calories you take in? No. Because it's still like going into your it's, body and your I, blood. Yeah, right? it's That's still getting into your, your body. Weird. Won't Love... Love slash hate the idea that someone's like, you know, I have plenty of alcohol. I could drink this. I just don't want those calories. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not not a great reason to do this practice. Of like straight vodka. The calories of straight vodka. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so will it keep you from vomiting? Oh. This is a really important point. Right. Because... We don't really know because, again, there aren't any documented mm-hmm. cases. There's no evidence to suggest either way that alcohol-soaked tampons would keep you from throwing up when you're drunk um, because, you know, supposedly you're not channeling that liquid through your stomach. But why do we vomit when we have too much to drink? You're poisoned. You're, like, your liver processes that alcohol and is, like, literally thinks you are being poisoned to death. And yeah. it's trying to get it it's all out to of your system. I think it's more your stomach, like, will do that job. I don't know if it's really your liver that makes Well, I mean, you... you're, sorry, your liver is trying to process alcohol. Yes. And, like, is literally the, like, as the biology teaching world, like, people will joke, like, it is, not joke, but the, like, uh, not garbage disposal, like, toxic. Waste c- dis- disposal. Center. Mm-hmm. Like, it's trying to, like, clean mm-hmm. out, like, a lot of the yeah. toxins in your body. And yeah. alcohol has a lot of that. Alcohol has a lot of that. So, so it, it forces your body to, to puke. Exactly. Your body thinks it's being, po- like, poisoned. And in, in some sense, it is being poisoned. It is poisoned. being poisoned. It is, yeah. So it's, good, good, poisoned. Yeah. You, you've hit on it. It's basically a warning sign of, like, oh, you are about, you're almost poisoned. I'm going to keep you from getting poisoned. Mm-hmm. You're going to throw up. So maybe it's not a good idea to skip that step. Ooh. Um, if you're consuming alcohol, you want to be able to throw up. Because you are getting rid of poison in your body, of alcohol in your right. body. That's mm-hmm. too much stuff in your body. Yeah. Um, th- it, can keep, it can keep you from being able to vomit, and that can really intensify Ooh. your risk of alcohol poisoning. Yeah. And that okay. is really scary. I'll get yeah. to more of that in a little bit. But the, the main tenet of this is, will it get you drunk faster? Again, we don't really know, especially when it comes to like inserting a tampon into your vagina. Mm-hmm. We don't have any evidence for or against this. Mm-hmm. But a tampon can't really absorb that much alcohol. So if you're mm-hmm. like, I'm going to go crazy and have a bunch of alcohol, it won't really absorb that much. So I thought we'd do a quick experiment. Yes, experiment. Um, uh, <gasps> no, no, no. Oh. No one's inserting anything anywhere. But, but I see the tampons. No. Yeah. I'm so, excited. Oh. <laughs> 
I've never said that sentence before in my <laughs> See life. The tampons? I'm excited. So I have brought, I have brought uh, two tampons, and they are regular sized. And according to Snopes, or according to Columbia University, I believe they said that it will absorb about an ounce of alcohol, which is less than a shot. Yeah. So again, not a lot of alcohol. Okay. Um, but I'm going to very quickly and noisily unwrap one of these tampons. ASMR, anybody? Take it out of the package. And we have, I what have is, here. What is our drink of choice here? Oh, it's just water. Um, so I have. Don't want to waste that vodka. I was going to say, are we absorbing some of our alcohol? This is a very non-scientific experiment. I'm just going to hold this tampon in my hand. Great radio. pour water on it um, away from the microphone. And we'll see how much of that actually gets absorbed. I thought so, you were going to do it over your lap. Can you? No, I'm not. Kevin, can you describe what the what the tampon looks like now and then as it um, absorbs? Yeah, it, it looks absorbs. like every person who's used a tampon is going to laugh at me. Uh, like a, I don't know, like a tampon. What does a tampon look like if not a tampon? Kind of a cylinder like of a cotton. Missile. A little missile mm. with a tail. Yeah. Like a... Right now, it kind of looks like a little ray, like a little Mm -hmm. stingray. Mm -hmm. Mm, Yeah, it is expanding. Okay, so I'll tell our listeners that I only had... Excuse me. I only had one and a half ounces of water in this little thing. Mm -hmm. I've poured less than half an ounce on this tampon, on this regular tampon. Mm -hmm. And... It is not absorbing everything. Like, it is saturated. Yeah, I saw water dripping yeah. out, of out of your hand. hand. So that tells me, and I know that they experimented with a super plus tampon. I don't have that. But it just goes to show a tampon cannot absorb that much alcohol. That's why, you know, we have to change tampons every so often. Correct. You don't just wear them for a week. Like Right, right. So that was our experiment. Great work. Brooke, you can take this as a souvenir. Wow. Oh, um, my God. Can you even raffle it off? No. I'll, in the future, I will. We'll auction it. Yes. Um, so, getting my laptop back away from the water. So you can see it doesn't absorb that much alcohol. It's not like you can fit a whole, you know, handle of whiskey in a tampon. No. Um, but in theory, it is true that getting a mucous membrane, which, you know, labia, uh, your vagina is, it's, a mucous membrane is any part of the body involved in, like, secretion and absorption of things. Um, yes, that would get you drunk a little bit faster, but is it worth it? And we'll discuss that in a tiny bit. So one thing that does happen that we know does happen is butt chugging. Have we all heard of this? Yes. 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 Camden has a look on his face. Um, butt chugging also more eloquently called an alcohol enema is when you, that's somehow worse. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. Um, you pour alcohol into a tube and into someone's rectum. Someone and else's. In well, fact. it would be hard to. Wow. Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't know the logistics. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the logistics either. We're not doing that experiment. My goodness. Um, yeah, for listeners at home, do not be concerned. Before this segment, Margaret did pull out one <laughs> and a half ounces of water, but I do not see a tube. I do not see a funnel. I There's think no we're, funnel. I think we're not. We're okay. We're okay. We're okay. Um, so that can get people very drunk quickly because you are putting alcohol in direct, quick contact with the, um, the intestines, the large intestine, and their job is to absorb 
things. And so if they're quickly absorbing the alcohol, that will get you drunk quickly. But there is so much danger with this practice of either the alcohol enema or the theory of, um, of, you know, vodka soaked tampons. So alcohol enemas, for example, can lead to colitis, which is an inflamed intestine because you are putting something very corrosive into Mm -hmm. your body directly like that. Mm -hmm. And I want to reiterate that no matter how you're putting it in, like a tampon in your rectum or into your vagina or an alcohol enema, that is getting absorbed by the bloodstream. And because you are bypassing your stomach, you cannot vomit that alcohol out. You can't get it out of your body. Okay. So people have died. Like in 2005, um, in 2005, a woman gave her husband a sherry enema, which... Sherry? Sherry enema. Like table wine? Yes. Yeah. Sherry. Sherry enema. Why is that the choice? I don't know. Sorry. No, no, no. This is a sad story, but also... (laughs) What? I, I don't know. But he, he died from alcohol poisoning oh because he couldn't throw up. He couldn't throw up. Yeah. Um, this also really, just on a very surface level, burns. It would right. burn so bad. Yeah, that sounds not pleasant. Well, um, I'm imagining like um, when you have a paper cut oh. or something. And we've oh, all gosh. had that sensation where we're like, I need to put like rubbing alcohol on this. Like if I don't have soap or water like yeah. nearby. Mm-hmm. Um, please use soap and water first. Yeah, you have those. But we all know what is going. That sensation yeah. is going to be like. That's ethanol. Like that. It's, that it's such a sensitive area. Alcohol. Yeah, and such a strong, right? Like chemical that you're putting there. That seems. I mean, depending on what you're putting mm-hmm. inside of your body, also in on those sensitive areas, I feel like it could cause burns. Like depending yeah. on what it is. Right. That yeah. sounds dangerous in a lot of levels. And Sorry, I mean, that's what you're saying. No, but no, no, but you're right. And, and it's a pain that wouldn't stop until that alcohol was yeah. gone. So it would last a very long time. Yeah. You could do permanent damage to your vagina or your rectum. Yeah. Um, so in conclusion, vodka-soaked tampons will, would keep you from vomiting, but you could, it could lead to more alcohol poisoning. Um, it will not stop your breath from smelling like booze. It will not reduce your calorie intake. And it would get you drunk faster, but again, at such a high risk. Just, if I leave you with one thing, it's be very careful when you are, um, you know, intaking your alcohol and just know your limits and know the risks of different practices. So yeah, maybe just use a glass. Maybe just use a glass yeah. and your mouth and, and your mouth. Re- <laughs> responsible and yeah. I don't usually feel like I have to tell people to drink something with their mouth, but I might start. You might yeah. have to now. At the bar, just mm-hmm. tell people like, hey, hey keep it drink above it, the drink table it with your mouth. Yeah, yeah. above yeah. the table. <laughs> oh man, wow, that mm. was that's quite startling. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate your scientific experiment as well. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right. Um, so now it is either Brooke or Kimmon's turn. I have put just two numbers in the random generator. Brooke, you're one. Kimmon, you are two. It is Camden. <gasps> of oh course. Sorry. I went first last time. Good guys. That's true. It's Girl okay. in the middle. Here we go. Um, all right, everyone. 
All right. What have <laughs> we heard that kind of goes with this cadence? You know what they say about people with big feet? Big socks. Big shoes. And big penises. Hands. Oh. And or hands. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the different things that people think are correlated with penis size. Okay. Um, as a note, I will be just saying people with penises and not man or men, because uh, obviously there are those who identify with different genders um, who do have a penis, uh, mm-hmm. just for some language. Um, so I said foot size. What are other things you've heard are associated with the size of a penis? Height. Oh, that's, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, hand size. Mm -hmm. Hand size. Mm -hmm. Any others? Testicle Mm -hmm. size. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You joke, but we're going to get there. Oh, really? (laughs) Okay, okay. Okay. I don't know. What else have I, probably a lot of things, Mm -hmm. honestly. Those are the big ones. Oh, truck size? (laughs) 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 That's a good one. That's very good. Uh, Don't know if that's misconception or not. Do you address that, Kevin? We've never uh, clipped, I don't know what that's called, like the cold open. We've never done that before, but I almost (laughs) want that to be. (laughs) Great. Yeah, or just like not having a muffler. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that also correlates. Um, So, where did this misconception come from? What do y'all think? I couldn't, I mean, to be clear, I couldn't find, like, the exact, like, first time someone sure. said this. So why do yeah. you think this might, like, be I'm out sh- in the world? Yeah, I'm sure it's been around for a long time, honestly. Because I feel like it's one of those things, just, like, silly things that people correlate on people's bodies with, like, something else. Um, mm-hmm. Because you're not looking directly at somebody's penis not normally um, not, normally. not usually i shouldn't yeah. i shouldn't make that a blanket statement i guess true. don't generalize and if you are at that point you probably don't need to be like yeah you probably don't need to look, at, look their at their feet, feet also <laughs> yeah um yeah probably just a way for people to pretend like they know and mm-hmm. can like talk about it i guess yeah and on its face i think people i can kind of get where they think this might be the case like proportions people might think if right. you are if some part of you is larger it would make sense that other parts of you are larger mm-hmm. like if you're tall you tend to have a bigger hand anyway so mm-hmm. maybe that just goes everywhere else um everywhere everywhere <laughs> else so huge teeth are any measurements <laughs> that's a new one I've did, I have no answer <laughs> just made it up teeth size um, are there any measurements of the human body that are correlated uh, with penis length before I go further I didn't say the citations first because it was sort of a giveaway um, but I had a 2011 study from the International Journal of Impotence Research um, okay. out of the journal Nature um, the podcast Medical Confessions which is hosted by three medical professionals that sounds good. Did I say confessions? Yeah. Medical confe- Okay, good. And I also follow it with professions. <laughs> mm-hmm. I forgot what I said, words I said. <laughs> and then also a lot of citations from Wikipedia, um, which I'll mention in a bit. Um, another 2011 study um, from the Asian Journal of Andrology. Um, yeah. Look at the Wikipedia reference section. Check out episode 40. If Is you don't Wikipedia know, a reliable source? I don't know about that I don't that know. One. Let's find out on episode 40. <laughs> uh, so... One study found a study of two thousand whoa, two hundred and seventy six Turkish f- 
folks with penises found that the mean penile length was 5.4 inches when stretched. Ooh. Ooh. Stretch sounds right. Yes. <laughs> and so stretched is, I'm glad you settled on that uh, word because in the research, it is a stretch penis is very closely correlated with an erect penis. Okay. Okay. So that, like, I guess makes sense. But a flaccid penis already is not. So if someone says, you know what they say about flaccid penises, that misconception goes nowhere. Because I haven't ever it's heard anyone correlated. say, no. you know what they say about flaccid penises. Yeah. Not as of yet. Not Maybe yet. they'll start. Um, so flaccid length has no correlation with stretched or erect length. And all the research ah. doesn't measure erect length. I'm gonna, they just do stretched. They just do stretched, which mm, I don't know if it's like because of ethical I didn't you know like the researchers don't say because it was pretty like standard across all the research I read hmm. uh, always said stretched um, that's interesting and, though because sorry ahead. oh I was just gonna say I feel like stretched is much more variable than like erect because right stretched you could be how like, long can you until stretch? they yell yeah <laughs> until well, it really hurts or like like scream right <laughs> Well, That's, yeah, the, it's a strange the methodology did say until they screamed above five decibels. <laughs> oh, no, no. Um, actually, though, interestingly, uh, a couple of the papers referenced that they were all anesthetized. Oh, um, which wow. feels like quite the ordeal to say. Like, I'm gonna sign up for this study where I get put to sleep and they stretch my penis. Oh, yeah. not locally. I thought it would be like locally anesthetized. Oh, you know, <laughs> not like uh, out. I don't know. <laughs> I think either way is a little weird. A no, either way is a, a lot of... Yeah, maybe. You know, I don't know if it was local or general anesthesia. Okay. Not I to throw anybody under remember. the bus who participated in the yeah, study, sure. but that Fine. feels awkward. It does feel... Sure. Um, I would... Seeing as they were published, they at least signed up. They knew what they signed up for. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what did they find? This study of 2,276 uh, Turkish folks, there's no no statistical difference or statistically significant difference or correlation between age, body mass index, height, or weight, and the length of a stretched penis. So height's right out. Height's out. Height's right out. And also age, uh, weight also. Okay. Um, However, there were some, there were two studies I ran across um, that did find um, something between height and length. But then I found three others that said there wasn't statistical significance between height, weight, or length of a stretched penis. So I think sample size also comes yes. into huge play. Mm-hmm. And also, as many of these papers pointed out, they are they were measuring just certain populations. Mm-hmm. Some articles critiqued others saying, like, you can't just measure those who have otherwise, like, healthy penises because that's not what the general population is. It's not a random study mm-hmm. or some said you should measure those who might have any sort of abnormalities. Um, anyway, that's going down a road. Basically no one could agree on that. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe there needs to be further they, research. Mm-hmm. They did find though that there is a statistically significant, or it is statistically significant correlation between uh, the girth of a penis and its stretch, stretched 
length. Okay. okay. Um, Is it a positive correlation? Yeah, it was a positive correlation. Yeah. Um, so that's fine, I guess. But to oh, the joke, I'm so to, glad you're well, allowed no, to have it. But to the, the joke someone made earlier, oh, you said testicles. Mm-hmm. Fine. If you know what they say about someone who <laughs> has a wider Why? penis. It's longer too. <laughs> Again, this misconception kind of breaks down when it, I think the whole point of it was that you looked at someone and didn't have to be intimately looking at them. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's height, weight, and other things. Uh, but what about hand and feet size? What about it? A uh, 2002 study from the British Association of Urological Surgeons of 104 people showed that there was no statistical difference between height, foot, hand size and the length of a stretched penis. Okay. Um, so that's pretty much out. A 2011 study out of Korea um, looked at whether the ratio of your fourth digit length and your second digit length correlated to penis length. And this is where we're going to stick for about the rest of this misconception. Okay. Because I know what you came here for. Does anything correlate with the length of your penis? Your penis. Penis. <laughs> penis. <laughs> and the... Like, is anything is anything yeah. a good sign? Like, yeah. a sign? Does anything actually work that doesn't involve you looking <laughs> right there? I need um, to know. Mm-hmm. I need to know. So, everyone, look at your fourth digit. Which one's my fourth digit? That's your ring finger. Okay. Just confirming. Um, is it longer, shorter... Or the same length as your pointer finger? As my pointer finger? Longer. My ring finger is longer than my pointer finger. They're about the same for me. About the same. Okay. The bigger the difference, the longer someone's penis. Is that scientifically That has been... In multiple studies found that that was statistically significant correlation. So Margaret just outed herself. Yes. As, yeah. As <laughs> I, have, I would hypothetically have a longer penis yes. than you. If you had Brag. a penis. If I did. That's yeah. how it would look. <laughs> that's how you would break it down. Mm-hmm. And all as right. we all know, it's very easy to eyeball the ratio <laughs> of the length of the yes. ring to index finger. That's what I'm looking at. Um, they Now... You might be wondering, just because something is statistically <laughs> yeah. significant, mm-hmm. how much of a difference are we talking? Yeah, that was they my question, actually. They are correlated, mm-hmm. but that does not mean that it is, like, adding full-on, like, inches or whatever someone maybe would hope or not hope is going on there. Yeah. So basically, like, yes the starker the ratio, the longer the penis, but we're talking like centimeters. We're not, the average, it's not like if their yeah. if their difference is like two millimeters, that it's like five inches of difference. Yes. It's right. not an it's, exact measurement. Right. It, exactly. And like I dog could, years. My Google history is sort of bizarre now. And uh, so you don't say. But so is mine. I Googled butt chugging so much yesterday. <laughs> but so oh, I had yeah. to like look at a lot of the I had to look at a lot of these papers, but I couldn't find anywhere that was actually saying, like, if the ratio is this, then the length is this. Mm. Just that they found that they correlated. So there's not, like, 
a table that you can find in any of these papers that'll just tell you what the ratio will then tell you what um, is the length. Mm, yeah. Um, so why is this the case? Uh, testosterone has uh, been shown to be linked to the length of your ring finger and your, dig- your digits. Um, there are receptors when you are developing as a fetus that testosterone binds to, controls the length of your fingers, of those two fingers specifically. Interesting. That your penis, or someone with a penis, if you don't have one, would has the same receptors that testosterone binds to. Mm. So that is why people have hypothesized and shown that there is some significance. Hmm. Um, now, you might have heard me say fetus. Yes. This is determined at birth. Okay. Or by, as you are, like, developing mm-hmm. in the womb. In the womb. So, yes, you could measure the fourth and second digit length of a baby. Of a baby with a, of, of a baby with a penis. Mm-hmm. And determine, generally, like, kind of how long their penis will be. That is such a minutiae thing to worry about. Oh, oh yeah, don't do that. Please, no one do that. <laughs> I I'm not cannot make that. it clear <laughs> enough that nope. do not do that. It doesn't Do not matter. take a little ruler up to a, like a... a Ultrasound. A, no, I was going to say like a maternity ward. Just <laughs> oh. don't do this. Wow. It's for science. <laughs> um, and this was shown out of a 2009 study out of the University of Edinburgh. Um... But I say that because a common misconception that's also out there is that testosterone level, people are really worried about low testosterone mm-hmm. levels. Does this play a role in like your, uh, like the length of a penis as you get older? That is determined at birth. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to be done about it mm-hmm. um, after you're born. afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just thought that was like really interesting that those two things were connected that mm-hmm. there's like a genetic reason for that and it is determined way before anyone has ever really thought about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and the, uh, the other part of that too is that the genes that control whether you, how much of that testosterone you get, it's a polygenetic trait. Polygenetic, poly meaning many, many, many genes. Mm. Um, height is a polygenetic trait. Um, Lots amount, of genes are involved in that. There are many genes. It's not this is something down the road. I won't go down too far. Um, there are m- most everything in humans is not as simple as we might've learned in mm-hmm. our biology classes mm-hmm. where it's controlled by like one dominant gene or one recessive gene. Mm-hmm. Not going to go too far down there. Cause you probably going to catch us. Your pundit squares <laughs> would be very complicated if we were doing this for, <laughs> with real genes mm-hmm. height, basically any continuous trait. Mm-hmm. So something that's not just one or the other mm-hmm. height, uh, how much melanin you have in your hair and your skin, mm-hmm. um, the length of your penis, mm-hmm. fingers, I, everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's controlled by so many genes, which is why also that it isn't as simple as just genetics because we all know environment plays a role in this as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been identical twin studies that show that um, they will also have different lengths. Mm-hmm. So... Um, if you really want to know and you really want a new phrase, 
you can just say, you know what they say about people with uh, start ratio of fourth digit to second digits? Slightly, slightly perhaps bigger penis. correlated lengths of their penis. <laughs> Love and then that one. everyone you were talking to is gone out of your life. <laughs> <laughs> they started walking away mid sentence. Yeah, they're like, you know they what? They, yeah, they were gone. Because <laughs> at worst, you're going to be gross. At best, you were a huge nerd. <laughs> I dig it. Yeah. So, Thanks, Kimmin. Uh, there you now go. Now I'm going to look very closely at everyone's ring and pointer finger. But the ratio. Well, the yeah. stark ratio or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. I seem to not have a difference. I wouldn't say mine's stark. It's see, the thing is, even in this case, like you can see, there's a difference. Mm-hmm. But it's the, centimeters. But it's the ratio, right? Yeah, and, and it's you so. Have, and you have like again, I there's not like a table of like because the ratio is going to be like point nine seven, point nine six five. Yeah. It, yeah, nothing you're going so to be able to eyeball. So everybody, bring your life. table. Of finger ratios with you. And your calculator. When you're For deciding your... how you want to talk about somebody's <laughs> genitals that are your own. Yeah. Yep. Sounds super cool. <laughs> Sounds super cool. Maybe get new friends. Maybe, Maybe lose a lot of friends. Yeah. You might lose some friends. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And sexual harassment cases. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, boy. All right, Brooke. With that... Tell us about a misconception. Okay. Well, I have one for you. Um, Thanks. Yeah, I brought one. Thanks for bringing one to the podcast. So my sources on this, there are several science-based and medical sources that, and also pop culture sources that shed a lot of light on this subject. Um, I'm hoping that this is a misconception that's kind of gradually changing um, over time. I mean, I hope that they all do, but it seems like this one might be. So hopefully this is one that is not super shocking to you. I would love if like all the listeners were like, oh, I already knew that. Mm-hmm. But maybe I'll give you some more insight than you already had, right? Yeah. Um, but I also included in my sources a book that I have not quite finished but really enjoy, which is called Come As You Are. Um, you told a, me about that it's one. It's a bit of a pun mm-hmm. um, on, one of, uh, on a song that I also like mm-hmm. um, by <laughs> Dr. Emily Nagoski. Uh, and also because I was curious, I looked up information on this on WebMD because hey. that's a popular one. And also Wikipedia. Hey. Hey. Episode 40. Episode 40. <laughs> I'm on that one too. <laughs> um, so those all have some very illuminating info. Um, and to start off, I'm going to kind of break this down by how my like third grade teachers taught me to write like journal style or journalistic style articles, which is like the who, what, when, where, why, oh, great. and how. Great. You write we might not of... we might not include all of those. Gotcha. <laughs> but we're gonna start with what. So to start off, what is a hymen? Margaret and Camden. It is a piece of. It's okay if you're not totally correct. I, I have answers. Okay, great. It, is it like a membrane of some sort? Membrane is a good word. Uh-huh. That is near the opening of your vagina. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we can leave it there. Yeah, that's, I'm going to say, yeah, that's what That's kind of it, honestly. Great. It's really not that crazy of a definition. Okay. Um, the hymen is a thin membrane of skin that partially or sometimes fully um, and we'll talk about the variances of that, um, covers the vaginal opening. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so people with vaginas mm-hmm. is who I'm basically talking about today. So Margaret covered people with buttholes mm-hmm. and vaginas. Mm-hmm. Camden covered people with penises. Yeah. And I'm covering just the plain old vagina. Mm-hmm. So covered a lot of ground today. We've really got it covered. <laughs> um, <laughs> we are not medical experts. <laughs> <laughs> not an expert. Felt like we should have maybe let. I off do that. have a vagina, yeah. so that there you go. also I'm going to put that on my list of sources. Sources myself. myself. <laughs> um, but to get really into it, for folks who were never taught this stuff, aka yeah. me. Um, probably a lot of people. Probably a lot of people. Where is the hymen? We talked about it a little bit, but I'm going to explain a little bit more in detail what we're talking about. And I encourage people to look up pictures because a lot of people have never looked at a picture of a vagina yeah. and looked at where things are located. Yeah. And honestly, it's a good thing to do no matter who you are. Mm-hmm. So uh, pre-puberty. The hymen is often visible as a thin membrane at the bottom of the vaginal opening Mm. um, and in sort of a crescent shape. So usually not covering fully, but kind of a crescent shape piece of skin, Mm. essentially. Um, Post-puberty, oftentimes the hymen becomes more stretchy and relaxed, and it's also less visible Mm. um, because it's not kind of stretched right across it, it becomes relaxed. Mm. Um, that's really the best way to put it. But it can also become some other ways. So it can become like thicker and less stretchy sometimes. But oh, wow, does all of this vary? Yeah. <laughs> so <I'm sure>. much. <laughs> That'll so be I'm, your autobiography. Oh, oh wow. Does oh, all wow. Of this does vary? all of this vary <laughs> by so me? Um, so here's another question Who has a hymen? Any guesses? People with everyone vaginas. Everyone with vaginas? But not everyone, I bet, mm. because of the variants Brooks mentioned. Because oh. maybe we're on a misconceptions podcast. Um, no one. I love asking questions on this podcast because it's always like, I want to say this, it's like you. It's like you signed up for a class <laughs> called Everything You Know Is Wrong. Yes. Yeah. And then the teacher's like, so what do you think about this? And you're like, ooh, I know what this class is called. I probably shouldn't answer. <laughs> Why do I keep falling for it? But I'm going to say not everybody. Not that, everybody with a I'm going to say nobody. Nobody. Strong. I'm That's ju- a I'm strong... I'm doing the $1 bet on oh, Price is Right. dang. Well, um... I think I'm going to go to the stage for this one. (laughs) Therein lies the question, who has a hymen? Not everyone with a vagina Mm -hmm. has a hymen. Obviously not everyone has a hymen, but even everybody with a vagina does not always have a hymen. Mm -hmm. Um, Not only that, but hymens can look very different from the sort of average medical definition that I previously gave, Mm -hmm. that sort of crescent shape or like partial covering, stuff like that. They can look way different than that. So do not be afraid. I'm going to tell you that you're not weird and you're perfectly normal no matter what kind of hymen you have thank another you another good yes. autobiography title you're, you're not, not weird and perf- you're perfectly normal mm-hmm. <laughs> I, that's very self-affirming i like yeah. that one um so they can be less than fully developed they can look like more like bands of skin covering not necessarily just on the bottom part they can have holes like perforated throughout again oh. remember it's just skin it's yeah. just like a layer of skin mm-hmm. um they can simply not exist, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They can fully cover the vaginal opening sometimes. Sometimes that causes issues for women and they have to get it surgically, 
surgically either removed or opened, mm-hmm. et cetera. It depends what, on the person. What purpose, like so evolutionarily, does We're it get, serve? We are okay. getting there. Okay, Don't worry. Sorry, sorry. So um, hymens, much like vaginas, are very variant and different on different people. Uh, and by the way, that's totally fine. Thank you. Your hymen is fine. Thank you. Just the way it is. <laughs> Uh, if you can even see it, which if you're listening to this podcast and you're an adult, there's a high likelihood that you might not even be able to find it at this point or mm-hmm. that it's barely noticeable. Mm. That's just kind of how it goes. Like mm-hmm. even doctors are kind of like, eh, it doesn't, because here's the thing, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. So that's, the, that's what it's sounding like more yeah, and more from it, what you're he, saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can you tell <laughs> yeah. that I don't really care about <laughs> the hymen? No, I care. Um, I care because it's important for other reasons, but um, unless you're having pain, I wanted to mention this. If you're having pain, consult a doctor. But otherwise, yours is perfectly normal. So the meat of this myth is why is the hymen, yeah. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah, why is it? Why is it? Why is the hymen? So because many people have very different hymens, and we know through science and research that hymens weren't really selected for in evolution. And as biology professionals yeah. all three of us yeah. what can we say about things that we're not selected for in evolution that are part of our bodies we have a lot of them and we do just, have a lot of they them they sort of hitchhike with us through they haven't things that are not useful on our bodies that we still have were not um did not have a negative enough effect to select out so like they Right. They didn't or kill us. Or a positive enough effect. Or a positive enough Right, right, right. Yeah. right. They, they didn't kill us. They so didn't make our lives significantly better. Yeah. Right. So they are still here. Exactly. So that's the basic premise of the evolution of <laughs> hymens, I guess. But basically what this means is that from what research and science can surmise, hymens seem to have no actual function. I wondered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No actual function. They're not... Uh, they're an evolutionary byproduct. Um, it's kind of analogous to like men having nipples. Mm. There's no functionality to that, but no. it's just something that our bodies kept around because it didn't really matter if they did. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and that explains also the many variances. Like when we were just talking about like uh, multiple genes selecting for height, there's a lot of variances in that. Mm-hmm. There's many variances in like vaginas, hymens, everything on the human body basically. Right. Um, can be very different between person to person. Uh, unfortunately, why does this matter? Because uh, hymens don't matter. We've, we've kind of established that. They yeah. don't matter biologically. But they kind of matter culturally. Yes, they do. Um, yeah. That's not a question of should, but they seem to. So humans have a really long history of valuing or devaluing uh, other people's bodies or their own mm-hmm. based on things that don't really matter. Uh, it's kind of a human thing that people, that only humans do. Um, and hymens aren't any different. So one of the big myths relating to the hymen is that, uh, it will, or even that it should quote unquote break Mm -hmm. quote unquote, Mm -hmm. uh, or bleed during the first time that someone with a hymen has sex. Mm -hmm. So that's not always true. First of all, uh, from what I have read, most of the time bleeding, if bleeding does happen to you, it's not that that's abnormal, but it probably happened due to lack of lubrication, okay. not due to injury mm. most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, though, the hymen is torn 
if the activity is basically too rough for it because it is, again, less malleable um, earlier in your life. So probably the first time that you have sex, it might be less relaxed, mm -hmm. right? So that can cause a lot of pain that people equate to losing their virginity, quote mm -hmm. unquote. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about that too. But um, hymens can, because it's a piece of skin, obviously have injury. They mm -hmm. can get ripped. They can get bruised, just like you can rip your skin on the outside of your body, anywhere on your body. Um, so they can, they can be injured. Uh, but they'll repair themselves, it, ideally, unless like any is, other skin. On yeah, your body. Mm -hmm. unless something was like seriously wrong, they'll repair themselves, right? Because it's a, it's just skin. Yeah, it's literally just skin. Uh, so, despite that fact, many cultures put a lot of stock into how the hymen appears in order to judge a woman's virginity. Uh, the fact that we care about women's virginity, virginity at all is a whole issue into itself. Yes. Um, virginity itself, by the way, has like no biological meaning whatsoever. Like virginity is not a biological no. meaning or definition or construct. Mm -mm. Um, it's totally made up. So uh, when I was researching about hymens and looking for facts and actual information, I was advertised to... Uh, with phrases like, repair hymen immediately, no surgery, ensure your virginity, and oh. how to conduct a virginity test. Oh, no. I wrote these down. These are quotes. Uh, so this was really disheartening for me to yes. be advertised these things while I'm actively trying to find, find evidence against this mm -hmm. misconception. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that virginity test thing. Um, not only are virginity tests usually forced upon younger women, um, they're invasive, they're also unethical, yes. and most doctors that you talk to in the United States aren't going to do them mm -hmm. at this point. Um, and also, let's just also mention, thank you, truck. <laughs> it's a very, very loud truck. I will say, though, when that person listens to this podcast episode and realizes that driving really fast without a muffler doesn't equate to things. They're going to be so upset. They're going to so be so mad. They start measuring their fingers. It set off a car alarm. It was so loud. Wow. This is good radio. Well, this is some good stuff. Listen, it's... Okay, oh, great. Great. I'm going to say we could start dancing to it, but it's fine. Um, so, anyway, virginity tests. Serious topic, sorry. Mm -hmm. um, they're not even possible. It's not possible. No to um, medically examine a person's body to tell if they're a virgin um, in that way, I should say. Obviously, you can tell if someone's just had intercourse, mm -hmm. um, but virgin in terms of intact hymens, not possible. As we know, hymens can all be very different. And um, some people don't have them to begin some with. Some people don't even have them in the first place. Mm -hmm. Also, without realizing it, a lot of people's hymens can quote-unquote break or rip or tear um, from other activities like riding a bike. Yeah. I've heard of people doing that from that. So it's it's not even that it has to do with necessarily purely like sexual sex. intercourse. Mm. Um, hymens also heal themselves anyway. So they're not meant to break and fall off mm. and disappear after you've had sex. That's not what happens. Mm. That is a big misconception as well. That's not what happens. Um, they're meant to stretch. They're stretchy. 
part of your skin. They're meant to stretch around and move, not be broken and, and shattered and, yeah. you know, disappear or, I don't know, sink back into your body. <laughs> I don't know what people think happens, but it's literally skin, okay? Mm-hmm. Think of it as skin. Okay. You're losing your bid for Missouri Senate. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, shoot. Yeah. I'll retract all of this later. Okay. No. Um, <laughs> so this mythos and cultural barrier has been constructed and is being upheld. Uh, I think purely, and a lot of other people think, purely to control women's bodies. Yes. AKA people who have vaginas. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I wanted to say like Camden, I'm using the term people with hymens or vaginas specifically, but also a lot of the control that we see to do with hymens is obviously mostly mm-hmm. put upon women. Mm-hmm. So yeah. just making that also clear. Um, so I, I liked this quote that I found in, a, in the Come As You Are book. I think that you should read it. Everyone should read it if they're interested. But just to sort of paraphrase, um, she mentioned how if a vagina is kind of seen as a commodity and virginity is like valuable, um, then the hymen is kind of a, a gate way yeah. against access. And that's how it's upheld in culture, right? Mm-hmm. In, in, in culture in the United States and other countries, the hymen is seen as like a gate, a barrier that you have to maintain, Yeah. right? So here's the problem. Uh, here's the big problems. I was going to say, I get, see several problems. Yeah, this is going to get serious. There's okay. a couple of big problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when a woman is raped and is told she couldn't have been actually, quote-unquote, raped because her hymen is still intact, Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. or women are beaten or murdered for not having a hymen, Mm -hmm. or women's vaginas are actively mutilated, Mm -hmm. which is a thing that happens, or reconstructive surgery on an absolutely useless piece of skin in order to appear more Mm -hmm. virgin-like, are all current events happening in the world due to this false, sort of hymen virginity myth uh, and narrative, we know that it's not only pervasive, but it's also incredibly harmful. Yes. So it's not just that this is a, a myth and we're busting it. It's also that it like directly harms people's lives. Yes. Unfortunately. Because for, for no reason. It's, it is that, that just like <sighs> idea that men can have sex whenever because they don't in this, in this mythos that women have hymens and they should be intact, but men don't have an equivalent. So they don't have to get virginity checks. They don't have to like, there's no reconstructive surgery. Yeah. Yeah. To try to prove their, like to try to regain their virginity, quote unquote, but women do, and they're expected to remain pure and chaste and virginal. Yeah. Um, And even so bad that in a place where, you know, we, I think there's also this sort of pervasive idea, I'm not going to say it's like a misconception, but this idea that like the United States is more progressive when it comes to women and women's Mm -hmm. bodies. Obviously we know as people who live in the United States, there are still so many issues, but in terms of like the hymen specifically or like virginity testing, Mm -hmm. there's still and I read articles written in, on WebMD by mm-hmm. doctors who were asked by parents to give their daughters virginity tests who had to say, that's not a thing, mm-hmm. and I won't do that. Um, that's still happening mm-hmm. today. In the United States. In the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not just in other places. It's not like a faraway thing. No. It still happens. And, uh, you know, 
the ads that were advertised to me were about reconstructing my hymen to mm-hmm. make it look like I'm a virgin, which mm-hmm. is just not, first of all, if your hymen needs reconstruction, I don't know what, what, what way it would need reconstructing because it, it should stretch, mm-hmm. it should move, or maybe it looks a little different than mm-hmm. you expect yeah. it to. And that's okay. Yeah. But in no way do you need to reconstruct it to look like anything in particular because mm-hmm. it doesn't no mean anything. Standard. Yeah. There's no standard. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean anything. So anyway, okay. All this being said, um, I just wanted to say that like in lieu of us all just agreeing to like not judge anybody anymore, <laughs> we could do that yeah, if we I'd, want to. I'll do that. But like in lieu of us all just agreeing to not judge, to not like slut shame mm-hmm. yourself or others, mm-hmm. not make a woman's decision or a person with a vagina's decision of what to do with their body, mm-hmm. a discussion at all, because yep. it's not your business. Uh, at least we can, listeners recognize that this myth is incredibly harmful and it's harmful to perpetuate and that the hymen, let alone virginity or the appearance of the vagina or STDs that you have or number of partners you've been with, et cetera, et cetera, has anything to do with a person's value as a human being or a romantic partner because it doesn't. Um, so I think we should squash this myth. Yes. Yeah. And I think that some ways that you can help. I try to offer ways that you can help when possible. Mm-hmm. I think the obvious one is just educating other people. Send them this podcast. Yeah. They can learn all about fun things to do with general area areas. <laughs> <laughs> um, Don't put alcohol there. Yeah. Lots of great stuff. <laughs> um, educate your children. Yes. Give them proper sexual education because it will matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter yeah. whether or not you don't want them to have sex. Eventually, one day, I assume that you do. Whether it's later in life or earlier in life, they will. And it's important that they know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, also, uh, tell people when they're wrong. Call them out for spreading misconceptions. If they say something silly about penis size or they say something silly about virginity say hey you know what that's not really cool it's not based on anything Mm -hmm. right yeah and it hurts people um also guess what educating women reduces these issues scientifically and not related but it also reduces co2 emissions Mm -hmm. (laughs) scientifically proven that sounds far out and a stretch but it's not Mm -hmm. it actually does uh help with global climate change um so you can also donate to Uh, organizations who help with educating women or offering access to education uh, for women around the world who wouldn't usually have access. And that's something that I find really important. Um, So not only in the United States where um, we might have a little bit of an easier time uh, accessing education, but other countries, and you can even just look up like organizations to donate to, to help educate girls and women. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a long laundry list of places to donate to so yeah that's all I've got but um love your hymen or lack of one that's awesome Brooke that's such an important misconception yeah wasn't there a I feel like I read in the news like recently and with time being what it is recently could be last year about some famous person saying that they had their daughter get a virginity check every year 
Oh, do you remember oh, that? Boy. I don't, don't want to guess it. Yeah, I'm not going so, to, but, but I yeah. think they later tried to walk back and was like, no, I was just, I, was, I wasn't being serious. But oh boy. that okay. implication is really harmful, like you said, Rook. So Yeah, it's not only harmful, it's also like, just on like the funny side of things, like what were they paying the doctor to do? Because the I doctor would have been like, I've, there's yep. nothing to do here. I'll give yeah. her a pap smear. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I'll actually help her in her yeah. healthcare. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, I, that was a great one to mm-hmm. end with and I think just reaffirmed why we ultimately wanted to do this kind of episode mm-hmm. um, because often these are the conversations people don't want to have because mm-hmm. conversations around sexual health um, and gender and uh, genitals and things yeah. are like people don't want to talk about it because they haven't been educated mm-hmm. and when we're not educated it's stigmatized and it's um, uncomfortable because mm-hmm it's not normally held conversations and um, I'm really glad to be having those with y'all and for those of you listening have uh, them with your with your friends yeah it's yeah. very important do not google your vagina or your penis or your hymen or whatever when like the first time is like when you're out of high school or something like yeah these should be normalized conversations yes um, and in some ways you know, if you are listening today with a family member, hopefully you chose to do that because you were ready to have conversations with them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And these are not things that I think the nice thing is that these aren't things that are like so far out there or like it's not. It, these are common misconceptions. That's the yeah, point, right? Exactly. Like yep. these are mm-hmm. things they're going to hear about no matter what age you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, you're going to have to learn one way or another. And hopefully you learn the right answer, right? Yeah, from somebody that you trust, yeah. too. which is definitely us. Which is us. Which is us. Not doctors, but people to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> a person with a vagina. A person also with a vagina. Kimden. Oh, and a person. We all poop. And we all... That's also people oh, who I didn't all... know we were describing ourselves. Oh. I lost track We're of describing that ourselves. That's how I describe myself. I have a vagina and I poop. That's me in a nutshell. To another. <laughs> And other things that will help you in conversations. <laughs> My fingers are the same length. <laughs> um, yeah, so now we have a lot of good conversation starters. But really, Brooke, that was really important. So thank you. Of course. We are going to end with um, this last segment about what we're consuming recently. So, Camden, I think you should go first because I think yours is kind of along the same lines. Yeah. Um, As what Brooke just discussed. So in just, a sense. just so happened that the world, the music world, blew up this week um, with a fun new song called WAP by mm. Megan the Stallion. And Megan the Stallion. The Thank Stallion you. in Cardi B. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, if you haven't heard it, go listen to it. Um, if you haven't heard it, this none of this is going to make sense. Uh, there are... Uh, Anyway, it's very it's a great song, and um, there's a Vox article titled "We Asked a Gynecologist About WAP," um, and I loved it. It's just a gynecologist talking to people about their vagina, and quotes from the song, and whether those quotes had any merit, whether they were real gynecological issues or things to. Um, like learn about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and what I appreciate about it is 
similar to what we've all just been talking about for the last half hour or so, is that a lot of people don't know a lot about their own anatomy. vagina and yep. anatomy because mm-hmm. they're afraid to ask. They've been told not to ask. They've not been educated. Um, and I really love this article. The author um, just is a conversation with a gynecologist and a lot of her responses are, that's normal. If it's wetter, that's fine. Mm-hmm. If it's not wet, if it's dry, that's fine too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, uh, like you were saying earlier, it's yeah. just, it's all varies. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do talk about, um, <laughs> different quotes, um, such as, uh, doing a kegel while it's inside, macaroni in the pot, uh, touch a little dangly thing that swings in the back of my throat. Um, which Camden, I, Kevin did originally ask, like, do you want to talk about this article? And I yeah, said, yeah, yep. Margaret made me <laughs> got talk it, about it. And you at this point, it. like you've made it this far in the episode, like you, you you're with us, you're, you, you're here. Yeah. Um, but they talk, they break down those quotes specifically yeah. and talk about, is that, can you do that? Is that okay? Is, is that it healthy? Safe? Is mm-hmm. it healthy? Mm-hmm. Um, and most of the times the response is like, yeah, this is like a pro, like, pro like body uh, positive body positive like message mm. it's not saying it has to be what it's not saying it shouldn't be it's just like this is our case and yeah here's a song about it yeah and this gynecologist just basically gives it, was it just two like, thumbs up it sounds like yeah she loved it basically it was yeah. just an article where you got to learn um about vaginas yeah and then also talk about a talk song about a cool that's song very that popular like. right now yeah and i'm really excited that there are probably a lot of people who ran across that article yeah. Because um, yeah. Bobby learned something new. I know I did. You never thought you'd be taking gynecological advice from Cardi B, but... And Megan I don't know Stallion. if the advice I came from them, cool. but it I certainly it raised questions that later found advice. Mm, I'm going to give it's a credit gateway. all around. It's a gateway. <laughs> it is certainly the gateway to learning more about your anatomy. Love it. Uh, Brooke, what have you been consuming recently? Yeah. Um... Completely along a different track <laughs> here, switching gears. Mm-hmm. Um, Brooke is in her. Let me just wrestle bag. around. Um, oh, I want to so, borrow this from you. Yeah, well, I haven't finished it yet. Okay, well, I want to borrow it. So I am holding a book, dear listeners. <laughs> um, this is a book. So, again, obviously, as we're trying to do, um, being trying to be better allies and uh, more educated. Um, I have come across many, many, many wonderful, I'm on Instagram a lot, so I follow a lot of many wonderful Instagram, um, creators who are intersectional environmentalists, Mm -hmm. which is particularly significant to me because I am an environmental educator. So I was looking for resources, um, books and articles and things that I could dig into, regarding uh, black people and African-Americans who um, are in the environmental field or in relation to the environment. Um, It's important for me. I I teach at schools in the Seattle area about environmental education. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of uh, black kids, and I want to uh, be a better educator. So anyway, point is, I found this book that was very highly recommended by a lot of different people. Yeah. And it's called Black Faces, White Spaces, um, Reimagining the Relationship of African Americans to the Great Outdoors. Uh, I think this is obviously very relevant right now. It's by Carolyn Finney, by the way. Um, So I just kind of started it recently, but I wanted to bring it up because it's been so highly recommended. And just kind of perusing through it, it is... um, 
definitely research based. Um, and there's, I think gonna, we're going to get into a lot of history in here. Um, maybe learn some new, some new words and Mm -hmm. some new terms that I wasn't aware of. Um, and, and kind of just really dig into this. Um, it's not super long book, so I think it's fairly accessible if you like don't have time to read an entire textbook kind of thing, but still like very meaty with like information. Yeah. Lots and lots of citations. Super cool. So, um, yeah, anyway, that's what I'm consuming. And I can't wait to consume it when you are done. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Thanks, Brooke. So the thing that I have been consuming, I'm still consuming Crooked Hallelujah, um, the book that I mentioned last episode, and I still love it. But I also listened to a great podcast by Wondry called Guru, and it's about this man. It's It's a nonfiction like documentary style podcast. It's about this man who um, creates this like kind of self-actualization sort of, you know, those like self-help, like self-improvement seminars, kind of like a Tony Robbins, but he does these like extreme challenges for people. Like if you really want to improve yourself, you'll be willing to like risk it all. And people did, and some of them died. So it gets into why people would buy into something like that. And it's not because they're stupid. It's because the person at the head of these things knows how to manipulate really, really well. That's their whole thing. Um, I won't give anything else away, but I think I ran through it in like two days. So Mm -hmm. it's called Guru. It's on Wondery, and it's really insightful. Cool. Um, well, as always, thank you so much for listening, and especially thanks for joining us for our inaugural um, After Hours Adults Only, um, adults only. <laughs> uh, episode of Bring Don't Pee Your on ID your leg. Cards, yeah. everybody. Oh, yeah, we forgot to check everyone at the door. Oh, oh gosh. Did you get your hand stamped? Yeah. yeah, or a big X on your... Oh, boy. No, I guess they would be minors if they got their hand, a big X. Anyway, um, <laughs> I haven't clearly been anywhere in a very long time. So Neither has, it. Neither has all, anyone. No, I'm going to the club. Oh, you are? Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Everyone's just dancing six feet apart. Yes. Outdoors? <laughs> it's really awkward. I, I yeah, it's in Brooke's the park. just dancing by herself in the park. That, I wear a blindfold. I don't know. <laughs> okay. You sound fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we really appreciate it if you would rate us and leave a quick review wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. Written reviews really help listeners decide if they want to give us a try. So thanks for leaving those those quick positive reviews. You can hear more content like this uh, from our regularly scheduled episodes of Don't Pee on Your Leg and Other Scientific Misconceptions. Uh, episode 40 came out a week ago. And because we are actually in an off week because this is a special episode, um, there will be a new episode 41 coming out in just a week. So three weeks you, in a row, baby. You got three episodes in a row. Um, and you can also check out our other podcasts from U to O hosted by my co-host, Margaret. That's me. Don't pee on your leg and other scientific misconceptions is a podcast produced by two birds, one scone articles, blog posts, and more about what you can do every day to conserve our environment can be found at two birds, one scone.org. Our original music is by Camilla. As a reminder, if you have not done so already, or if you even have done so recently and want to do it again, you can contact Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir at 502-564-2611 and demand justice for Brianna Taylor.
If you have scientific misconceptions that you'd like explained or want to provide feedback to us, please email us at don'tpeeonyourleg at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us, Brooke. Yeah, Brooke, thanks again. Thanks. And have Have a a great great week. week.